Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Old School. Appreciate y'all. 402-464-5685. We're going to give away two Super Bowl boxes. Austin, did you write down the names of the people that won that early, yes, too? I'm going to make sure we got them right because I don't want nobody coming at me. I had people drove to, to Buffalo Wings Rings last year to say they deserve boxes. I was like, come on, man. But we had the names and it saved us from me having to like, go UFC on somebody on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm just saying, you come in Super Bowl Sunday, bring some happy with you. Because you come in around me Sunday with the attitude, whether your team wins or loses, have a good time. We're just hanging out. Otherwise, we'll get Jay to throw you out the club. Yep. He's practicing. He was he was flexing during the break. I'm just letting you all know <laughs> Jay is working on it, man. He's working on it. So, let's handle that. Um, The trivia question is such, and, you, and the first two people who answer the trivia question We'll get boxes. Now, remember, you're not out of luck if you don't win this week during the week. And if you've already won, you can't win again. So we find out we're putting extra names in it. We're going to be mad, and we will ban you from winning prizes ever again. But we have signed Eagles jerseys, signed Chiefs jerseys, signed Huskers jerseys, plus a full assortment of items donated uh, by Buffalo Wings and Rings. It It's a nice list. So, you know, don't feel bad. You will have a wonderful opportunity. Oh, I do find the list. They've got a Casey Chiefs Bud Light Bud Light NFL mirror. Two or three coolers from Liquor Reps. So you're getting the full coolers. You'll win them. Um, wow. Two separate prizes of 10 free wings per week for a year. Dang. All sorts of glassware and T-shirts, uh, a Bud Light uh, neon light sign for 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 the for your man cave or your woman cave, whatever way you want to do for it. Uh, some new stuff from New Belgium, from Finest Call, uh, plus like like I said, and they usually throw in gift cards. And I believe last year's top gift prize was two hundred dollars, but you couldn't use it that day, but you could use it anytime. Right the day after so the trivia question is this and we have reset the text line so we know where the starting point is what player won consecutive super bowls with two different teams he won back-to-back super bowls with two different teams he was the first player to do it who was it hit the text the starter hammer text line 402 464 Five six eight five. Boy, y'all didn't play with that one. They was all over. Ray and P can't buy. Came out Rick. to shoot. Came out to shoot with the winners. That is that. It is Deion Sanders who went back to back with the Niners and Cowboys. Man, he didn't play with it. Like they went. How did they cue that up? How do you even text that fast? Trent Dilfer. That's funny. That is. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. So Ray. Uh, Pecan Pie, make sure we, we put in so we can put it in into the squares the way you want. Um, Ray, give your last name so we can also do that, please. If you would, please, uh, Grayhead, and we, we would appreciate that. Um, we were talking about some uh, uh, 
John and Cortland brought it up and said, you know, anybody else remember Paul Warfield? And you talk about 70s receivers. And this is the area where you play with your dad. And the Vikings had a stack. They had two different sets of great pairs of receivers. Yeah. Uh, in the early Fran Tarkenton days, it was uh, Gene, the second Gene Washington and John Gillick. So John Gilliam, who left the Saints, yeah. came to Green, uh, take, came to Minnesota, played with Tarkenton uh, and your dad, and then later in it, in the later Tarkenton years, and then headed over to you know to the Tommy Kramer days. <laughs> Tommy Kramer, <laughs> right? Your da- so Tarkenton, Joe Cap was before yeah. Tarkenton, yeah, and then Tommy Kramer was the next X thing. But those receivers in that day, and somebody said Belitnikoff was the best of the 70s. He wasn't. First of all, if the receiving record for the NFL all the way through 1980-something was Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor led the NFL in all-time receptions all the way through until it was bypassed later. But it was Charlie Taylor. But there's a list. Like, you talk about Belitnikoff. Joiner. Yeah. Yeah, John texted in. Charlie Joyner right? didn't win a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, he did say Andre or Franklin that played for that was the running back for the dog. Uh, Andre Franklin. Yeah. Hey, he must got like old uh, football cards because Andre or Franklin was in like every set, right? Yeah, it was one of the names. That would be an entire Tony Nathan. That Remember would be Tony an entire. That was Alabama's Tony Nathan. Yeah. Uh, wasn't was was he? He was a he was out of the backfield. He yeah, was he was one of the first black and Alabama running backs yeah. ever. Uh, there was one guy before Wilbur Jackson was the first. Wilbur Jackson, who who played 49ers, Eagles, Washington back in the day, was the first. But the 70s receivers were a different breed. One, they were blocked first. And they used to get down that three-point stance, track stance. Right. Remember, look, can I tell you what a moment of celebration that was for me when I got to high school and my high school receivers and running backs coach was a guy who – okay, let me ask you a question. If you remember – the Steelers playing the Cowboys. And I'll give two blocks to anybody who can answer this trivia question from the Super Bowl. From the playing against the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, he blocked a punt in the end zone against the Cowboys. Who was it? That was my high school running backs coach and receivers coach. And he was the first one that allowed me to stop when I, they put me out at flanker to stop having to put my hand in the dirt and allow me to stand up and pop. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. And you know for a pretty dude, like I, look, Jay Foreman, look, I celebrated. Look, all of a sudden I could get out of my stance and hit the pose with the towel waving in it with the white long socks and the white cleats. Look, man, I was (laughs) But. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, their Super Bowl, I'll tell you what team it was, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he blocked a punt. He actually was the second best – no, he wasn't the second best player. He's one of the top five players who played at my high school. At my high school uh, – so if you imagine Jake Scott. Yep. 
uh, who was a Super Bowl MVP, yeah. right? Uh, he played at my high school. Warren Beatty was mm. all state at my high school. John Leipold, who kicked for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Brian Blados for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Robert Oxendine for for Tampa Bay. Eric Seavers, who was the uh, tight end number two for the Chargers when they had Kellen Winslow. He was the blocking tight end. Mm. DM, you are correct. You are correct. We're waiting for one more. We're waiting for one more. Blocked a punt for the Steelers against the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Was the first, that was my high school coach. And another, like when I talk about Del Norwood, Scott Norwood's dad being my reason to get in college, Reggie Harrison was the guy that I gave it away. Reggie Harrison was the guy that – number 46, I, I've never been more – better coached yeah. than Reggie Harrison. Reggie Harrison. So, I, I it, it was in that space. Yeah, it was Reggie Harrison who did that. So, greatly appreciate that. Uh, Jay, it's it's. You talked about your father not being in the in 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 the Hall of Fame, but the running back position evolved and changed, and should include people who played the game that way because. Yeah. Well, Daniel and Tomlinson doesn't happen without yeah. your dad. Yeah, same with Marshall Falk and those Right, guys. Marshall and, Falk doesn't happen. Yeah. The originals were my dad and then Terry Metcalf, Roger Craig. Um, and, that, and that's the way the game is. Those 70s dudes. Yeah. That's the way you're, the games are playing now, the way they're playing the game now because it was the true beginnings of the West Coast offense. And um, Like Chuck guys, Muncie. Like, yeah, a lot of those guys are, you know, benefiting off of it right now because when you think of, like, Alvin Kamara, right? Uh, when they had Mark Ingram down there and him, that was it. That's the way. If you can't do both, now you can't play. Versus, like, you were an anomaly back then when you could do both. And so the game has changed. The criteria of what, what's really good, you know, um, as a runner has changed um, as far as, like, the amount of yards and stuff. It's no different than I remember when I met, met David Ortiz. I know it's back at baseball, but it's totally different. Mm-hmm. I remember meeting him, and it was he was on a one-year deal his last year with the Twins, and my cousin was working at the Marriott where they'd stayed before the game. Got to meet him. Very, you know, he's obviously near it wasn't. He was just kind of trying to break in. And if you hit twenty home runs, you were a power hitter, or thirty. You yeah, 30, J- Jim hit, Rice. So if you hit thirty home Freddie runs, Freddie Lynn twenty-four and sometimes. He, and yeah. he was like, I just want a million dollars a year. The Twins didn't want to pay him. He hit I think close to thirty home runs or whatever he needed to hit. He goes to Boston now. He's a Hall of Famer. So I think it's just the criteria change from back when my dad played. But again, they got to change the process and start to be open minded and stop trying to push the goalposts even farther for guys that had it harder, and then make the goalposts or the goal line shorter for guys that had it easier. Well, um, Lytle Mitchell is another. Like we talk about seventies yeah. running backs yeah. who did everything, who yeah. caught the ball ball out of backfield, and the Lytle Mitchell. Franco is underrated as a receiver. Yeah, because you just all you know, it's just you weren't known for that because you had Stallworth and Swan, but he was. I mean, there Dorsett out of the backfield. Yeah, was pretty good. You know who was exceptional out of the backfield? And Robert Newhouse. Newhouse was great out of the back, but Dan Reeves. Yeah, Dan Reeves was a third down guy yeah. for the Cowboys but in that early. Have, you you wouldn't have thought that though. You wouldn't have th- because he, he didn't fit. Yeah, he didn't fit. But he, he, you know, when you see Dan Reeves, you think older, tough guy. He here's here's one yeah. for you. Lawrence McCutcheon for the Rams. Yeah. McCutcheon was yeah. another one. Now they've got they've got your dad at five for best running backs of the seventies. Yeah, right. They had and some dudes back then. W- here's one. 
we got two minutes to talk about him because I want you to I want you to wrap your let me let me ask you a, a real question. Best running back of the seventies. Period. Oh, I'm gonna go with my dad. Not your dad. Oh, uh, Orenthal James. We don't even talk about OJ. Orenthal. We don't even talk about OJ. Yeah, what, the, what was the Buffalo Bills Electric Express? Or something, uh, something yeah, because we because yeah. we got the juice. <laughs> yeah. We're the electric Orenthal, company Orenthal, because we Orenthal got the juice. Do you like, know? Do you know who's from Buffalo? Huh? Born and raised from Buffalo. Do what? You know? Do you do you know who is? No. Rick James. Yes. And Brian McKnight. Yes. Yes. Rick, because he in his albums, yeah. he talks about Buffalo, well, and it, them two up in Buffalo are legend. It was still oh legendary when God. I got there. Rick James. He worked the streets of Buffalo. He talks right. about him in the Stone City Band. Yep. <laughs> and, and then there was there was the and then Orthon James was in the building. Oh my goodness! Uh, James. So, Chris Reynolds, we're going to put you in the box list as well. Chris Reynolds also paid attention, and when I said Reggie Harrison, people missed it. Like that's not a name that people would remember, but that's in the space. Yeah, the seventy. Like we don't even talk about OJ Simpson. It's <laughs> like he's a punchline now, but running back play through nineteen eighty. It was totally it was Jim Brown and I mean, OJ Simpson. You got to think dudes that used to be able to tote the pills like my man Dave Meggett, um, you know, Rodney Hampton. Well, oh, this Earl is the Campbell 80s. is the seventies running Campbell. back that we don't. Um, you, I mean, you got to think the amount of ballers they had back then. Look that that if you said this that Franco, Billy Sims, OJ, I mean Billy Sims and Walter Jerry Payton, Curl, Billy Sims with his Jerry Curl was legendary. Billy Sims, did. but. Because he had one, Gale he Sayers, wore, he wore the greatest number of thigh pads in the history of the NFL. Gale is before <laughs> my dad. Billy Sims yeah. had like forty thigh pads. Right. In his, we'll toward the break. We'll come back. He went we'll, to Oklahoma, didn't he? Yeah, he did. We yeah, we, so forgave no anyway. we forgave him anyway. We forgave him. Yeah, we forgave him. We'll close out old school. We come back. 